every human being is silently begging to be led. However, there's a corollary. They want to be led by somebody they genuinely feel has their best interest at heart. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome to episode one of the Tom Ferry Podcast Experience. If you were just referred to me or you don't have a lot of context for me, the fast version is I'm a serial entrepreneur. I am a salesperson. I am a writer. I'm an author. I love to do vlogs. I love to do seminars. And yes, I'm also known as a business coach and sometimes therapist to some of the most successful real estate rock stars on the planet. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to a special guest. We have the unbelievable opportunity to have an in-depth conversation with Jay Abraham. Now, if you don't know that name, there's a pretty good chance that you haven't studied marketing. Jay has been around the industry for nearly 40 years. He's worked inside of nearly 500 industries. So think about that. 500 different industries to extrapolate and pull from the very best tactics, strategies, marketing approaches that has resulted in over $22 billion in sales that he's responsible for. Now, I don't know about you, but if I want to grow my business, I want to listen to people that have $22 billion worth of sales in their war chest of experience. This conversation will specifically revolve around how to create trust, relevancy, and respect with prospects who want to become clients. And he refers to it as the strategy of preeminence. So if you're looking for a way to create a separation between yourself and the sea of competition in your marketplace, This podcast episode is definitely for you. Today, I am with a living legend, uh, someone in the early 90s I met who had a transformational impact on my life as a salesperson, as a marketer, the strategy of preeminence, and so much more, the man, the myth, the legend, Jay Abraham. Jay, thanks for being on the show. (laughs) My pleasure, my honor. So so people that maybe have not been exposed to you, uh, if you were to Google Jay, first of all, you're gonna find more information than you could possibly imagine. But I think what makes what makes you so special, Jay, and why I am so honored to now call you coach and you know personally, you know, working with me on my own strategies, is people that I've looked up to for years, people like Tony Robbins say, you know, no one can synthesize strategies and patterns of performance, of sales, of marketing, of business, better than Jay, and then articulate it in a way that can impact everybody in business. So I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled, I'm out of my mind, we just had a 90 minute session, and now I'm gonna share with all of you guys a little Jay Abraham. But the thing we wanna cover, right, just so you're clear, we wanna talk about the strategy of preeminence, but specifically how does, how does someone watching this create trust, create relevancy, and at the end of the day, create a level of respect that makes them the only option for a prospect that gets introduced to them. So that's the, that's the starting point. Great. Well, first of all, thank you for all the, uh, the awkward laudatory uh, praise. Uh, I, I've been very blessed in my life to be what I'll call business transient, and I've gotten to travel into all kinds of industries. And when you see how many optional ways you can approach an opportunity, a problem, uh, a contribution, value creation, competitive superiority. You get very frustrated for people that don't have the ability to 
get better yield out of everything they do for everyone. So that's been my focus on life. So in, in uh, response to you, those keys empower anybody to elevate and accelerate their, their uh, decisive distinction. In other words, you do it right, you are preemptive. You are seen first and foremost as the only viable choice, the, the go-to source for whatever it is you stand for, whether it's a generality or a very vertical sort of a product service. Yeah. And it is probably the most liberating and the most, uh, the most, I guess, exciting way to live your life and it's just really cool. So just take me into, uh, we're gonna do Rorschach because. Yeah, we're, I'm just gonna yeah. go at you with a bunch yeah, of stuff. Yeah, and because I do so many things, I need to be a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and I wanna, I wanna give just some context here. And I, I've given you credit for, for decades. There are a few people in my space that teach referral strategies. And, and I remember looking at the $5,000 book that you were selling at that time. And one chapter was on how to work by referral. And many of my contemporaries took that one chapter, this one little sliver, and it became their entire business. Yes, and I'm not, I'm not dogging them. I'm, I'm showing the, the people that are listening and paying attention here the impact of just one chapter of one of many things that you have published, thousands, that, that basically revolutionized a part of the industry. So there's no one better to talk to you about referrals and trust and relevancy and authority and respect than you. So Jay, let's, let's just, we, we listed out six things. Yes. I think we should start high level with the strategy of preeminence so they understand that. So first of all, it is the definitive philosophical strategy or strategic philosophy that should guide everything you do. Your mindset, your culture, your message, your marketing, your conduct. And it's, it should do that for two reasons. One, that you're operating at a much more elevated strata, a rarefied place than anybody else. It causes people to see you in almost a mystical way. And I don't mean that to be metaphysical, just really that. It gives you enormous power and authority and you're not playing anywhere close to the same game as anyone else. It's predicated on a couple, uh, well, it's about 20 key points, but the most important are everything you do, you have a moral obligation, a responsibility, the privilege to help the marketplace, the client, see what they need to be doing, the criteria. You can't let them make a bad decision you can't let them buy less than they should, less quality, quantity, less, uh, you know, less value. And you've got to take a stand and not be reactive and let them do whatever they want to do because you know darn well that long-term it's not in their best interest. And you've got to be willing to be their most trusted advisor. And as an advisor, you've got to tell them what you believe. You gotta tell them the reasons why. Okay, you gotta, hold on, I gotta back up just for a second here. Please. Because this, you're, you're nailing it, but you're giving them so much to think about right up front. The overarching value of how you operate is the strategy of preeminence, right? For me, yeah. Right, no, for everyone. Yeah. And then I think of people like Michael Ovitz, right, who started CAA, Yeah. right? Michael Ovitz it was, in his time, he was the only person you would turn to if you were a writer, producer, right. director, and you wanted to be a part of something special. Like, they can get that. Think about the agent in your marketplace that is the that is the most dominant. They've elevated their status. So go back into now, like I wanted them to get that in just right. layman's terms. How do they get to that? You can do it almost instantaneously when you decide not to be mediocre, average, 
reactive, and uh, and I guess the best word is you want to be a leader. It's all about leadership yeah. in the best interests of the client. And what what it entails is this. It entails, and there's a lot of points to it, but it entails, first of all, being able to express to a client what they really want, but they've never heard verbalized from anyone else yes. in a way that they go, that's exactly what I want. That's exactly why I want it. It's helping them develop their buying criteria. And I'm not talking about price or loan uh, yeah. interest. I'm talking about what they're trying to buy and why and what they want for the future. It's transcendent. It's saying this house is not just a house. This house is your, uh, your uh, uh, what can I call it? Your, your uh, mecca for you know, for for joy, fulfillment, it's the environment your children are going to be in associative with other quality kids. It's where you and your family are going to get the greatest joy. It's what's going to give you the sense of purpose. It's going to be the greatest appreciating asset. It's, I mean, you've got to, you've got to help them understand what they really want and why. And even if they want to buy something that will deserve them, in the long run and you allow it without first making sure they understand that they have better options, the consequences, then you're not preeminent. Yeah. You're selfish. So so all of that, there's a there's Does a that pro- make sense? 100%. This exact strategy is what we use to build our business, right? Creating a clear and measurable degree of separation between ourselves and the competition and elevating who we are. And when I did it, I was, starting brand new as a startup. I just declared this is what I was going to be. And then everything we built was around serving the customer better, faster, more efficiently, differently, but in their model of the world. So when they Google the strategy of preeminence, one of the things you're gonna find is there's six questions that you can ask as the consumer, Yeah. right? How would I like this done? Like if I'm buying a house, if I'm selling a, how do I want this done? What matters to me most? And so there's all of that, which they can, again, they can Google. Yeah, but let me make a point Please. that's really interesting, because it is a part of it. Very few people that I meet in business and in real estate understand a couple of things. First of all, how to ask great questions. Yes. Second of all, how to listen to the answers. Third of all, that if you want to be interesting, the easiest way to do it is to be interested. Mm-hmm. Third of all is to take the time to examine, uh, explore, understand, appreciate, respect how the other side sees life because the reality that they have is not necessarily the reality you have, the values they have, their goals they have, and you have two different objectives. One is to start with where they're at. Because if you start where you're at, you've already disconnected, if that makes sense. You can't get them to trust you until you show the respect for them. And that means acknowledging whatever their realities are. And I was thinking that a lot of agents probably let their, their, uh, their clients and prospects sort of uh, conduct themselves the way they are. You know, they can be... They can be either too excited, not excited, not... Unresponsive, uh, responsive. And if you allow that, then you're deserving them. Yes. Because letting them do what they're doing unless they've bought 
hundreds of houses and know all the implications is allowing them to underachieve, underperform the optimal outcome. If you don't get great feedback, if you don't give them uh, direction, if they over uh, enthuse somewhere in front of another agent and your job is to get them the best outcome, they have, so it's gotta be collaborative. And if you can't be strong enough and committed enough to be the leader, then you've already lost. Yeah. You can't be the follower in this kind of transaction. I'm gonna paraphrase 100%. You said something to me a decade ago, which was the, the problem that a lot of high-producing real estate agents get into is they become so transactional. Like the business is transactional, yeah. but the people aren't transactional. That to go deep with that person and really understand their values, who they are, why they're doing it, why they're really doing it. Why are you really making this yeah. move? Moving is not fun. Everyone yeah. that is, moving is not a fun experience. I moved yeah. four times in the last five years. Yeah. There's nothing about it that's fun. So is it aspirational? Yeah. Is it out of necessity? Right. Is it because something is falling apart? Life change, right? And digging into that and being that fiduciary response, yeah. you know, responsive or res exactly. responsible. That's fabulous. Human being who's really gonna serve them yeah. the right way. Well, you hit on it. The, the next element, which you, you stole my thunder, is empathy. Not sympathy, but empathy. Appreciating empathy. Yep. the circumstance. I mean, are they celebrating a raise? Are they reacting to uh, a setback? Yeah. Is it a crisis? Somebody died, divorce, uh, children left home? I mean, there's so many different scenarios and failure to really uh, allow yourself to be part of their process is a, it's a disservice to both sides. You're gonna get a lesser outcome, they're gonna get a lesser outcome, you're not gonna get any referrals because the more connected you are, the more mind share you will retain for years. Yeah. The less connected you are and the more transactional, the far less number of referrals or, or repurchases you'll ever get in the cycle of life. So, I mean, it's actually the most self-serving thing you can do is practice this because it comes back to you in such a multitude of ways. But a couple of other key points. You have to think about the relationship with them literally as a client, which they use in real estate, but I don't think people really understand the true meaning of a client. Yeah. In, in all my other dealings with business owners, most of them refer as customers. It's tragic because we're in a world where there's three factions wanting to reduce you down to commodity status. One is the competition, two is the consumer, and third are the alternative means. Yeah. And if you allow it, you've already lost. And again, the word customer means somebody who buys a commodity or a service, mm -hmm. your commodity. If you really understand the meaning of a client, pardon me, and you tie it back to the concept of being the most trusted advisor they have for life, not for a transaction, mm -hmm. because life is an enduring process with changes in circumstances, growing, mm -hmm. receding, uh, kids buying houses, investment houses, referrals. But, and this is very important, a client definition is someone who is under the care, the protection, 
the well-being. That's why you cannot, if you want to be preeminent, you can do anything you want. If you want to be self-serving, average, short-sighted, tactical, and play a very uh, static game, but if you want a perpetual game of constant compounding growth and prosperity, you have to be willing to tell them what you really believe is in their best interest and why. Yes. And sometimes it's, I wouldn't buy that even though it's a good value. Absolutely. And if you can't do that and you only want the commission, you're not going to be building a real enduring and uh, sustainable business. You're gonna be creating a short-term job. And they all know that, they experience that from the amount of referrals they get or the amount of referrals they don't get. Total correlation. Right? It's, it's always. If I may say yeah. this, it's a slight diversion. But if you look at your professional and your business life, there's about 2% of what happens to us that are acts of God. Yeah. We can't control. Yeah. And there, I don't want to go through Hurricanes some Hurricanes. Yeah, you know, our, our birth defects, yeah, yeah, things yeah, like right. that. 98% of what happens to us in our professional or our personal life are the direct results of either actions we take or don't take, decisions we make or don't make, forces, factors that are immutable that we either don't recognize or recognize and either refuse to harness or harness because if we don't make them our prisoners and harness them, then they basically, it's like the difference between flying into a headwind or with the jet stream. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. By the way, your uh, your uh, overall vocabulary is expanding just hanging out with Jay Abraham. <laughs> All right, so let's let's look at we we talked about strategy of preeminence. I'm going to There's you. a lot more. Oh, yeah. a couple yeah. other things. You have to live in terms of not the physical house, but what buying that house or selling the house is going to mean to the rest of their life. For example, yes. this house is going to be your sanctuary for joy, for satisfaction. You're gonna have so much happiness, joy, in the garden, in the, in the den. It's gonna help you feel fulfilled in your job. When you leave in the morning, you're gonna be eager to come back because it's so comforting. This house is gonna be the environment and the neighborhood where your children are gonna have access to such quality uh, other friends that's gonna raise their success level and, and their whole character, your creating an asset that will be worth many times more in the future than alternatives. Okay. And if you don't see that, yeah. you can't be preeminent. So Does that make sense? We were just in this dialogue before we started shooting this show about there's, there's many people today that are saying it's nearly impossible now to be the only one, to be that one of a kind, to have that person that is something Zillow, Zillow's Zestimate. A lot of people did home values, but Zillow's Zestimate set them apart from everybody else. I agree. That... That little snippet right there is what sets you apart from everybody else, right? It's when I you agree. stop saying, I, I don't sell houses, I sell status, I sell asset opportunity, like you, you're, you're changing- I sell future and, wealth yeah, creation. You're, you're changing the label. I and sell transforming the future right? of your children's success. Absolutely, so, so think about, like we all, like we all sell houses, we all do loans, we all do escrows, we all do title, blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. But like, but what do you really do? And if you started associating and naming and labeling those things, that's also a part of positioning yourself to become the only option. Yes. Okay, so let's go rapid fire on the things we yes, discussed please. to create trust, to create relevancy, right? And to create that respect. So one we know is reviews and testimonials. Uh, yeah, proof. But I mean, you have to realize something, and this is very interesting. When a 
client who is satisfied gives you a review or a testimonial, uh, people get the wrong, I mean, prospective clients get the wrong idea. They think that people are giving it for the agent. No, they're actually trying to do it to help a prospective future buyer know that this person will help them make the yes. very best decision. And I yes. think you have to make sure people grasp what that really means, and that because too, so you direct them. Yeah, hey, you explain you, it, hey, you define you, it. Would you rent this review on Zillow, Google, Yelp, wherever you're gonna do it? But, but do me a favor, say it to the person that's thinking about buying a yeah. house. Say it to the person yeah, that's thinking about, about selling me. their house, right? Because it's not about me, it's about helping them know that I'm gonna be the best choice for them yes. outcome-wise. And why, Yeah. and why, specifically, tactically, measurably, yeah. We had interviewed seven different agents. We chose Jay because exactly. A, B, C, yeah. one, two, three. And you just helped direct them. In business and life that are immutable. Reason why is a foundation for everything. Yes. I need to know why I should choose you. I need to know why you're yes. telling me this. I need to know why you should lead me. I need to know why, and you need to know why I'm doing this. Why do I want to move? Why do I want to this neighborhood? Yep. Maybe I don't know there's another neighborhood that's even more prestigious or more qualitative or more appreciating that I don't even know about. And you have a responsibility to make sure I am aware of my alternatives. With that knowledge, if I choose a lesser one, as long as you provide me with your best reason, objective, external advice, then it's okay. Yeah. So let's talk about um, track record. And, and so why, in your mind, if I'm gonna create relevancy, trust, and respect, why does track record matter? And are there any thoughts around how yeah. they should display it? Well, we talked about, you and I off camera, that the track record, all these things today, <clears throat> pardon me, they've become so calcified and, and uh, superficial that you have to reawaken yeah. the consumer to appreciate the dimensionality and the implication. To the why it matters. Yeah, why, this why it matters. matters. What's, yeah, why it's important. So yeah. track record, it's not just I've sold 500 homes this year. It's that I have been able to advise 500 families on the very best choice they should make for the future satisfaction, happiness, joy, uh, appreciation, security of their families' lives. And you have to be able to see what it really means. You know what would be fascinating? Just just give me an idea, right? So yes. what if you asked every, like, so here we are, it's nearly the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Even if they're watching, so January. If you sent every one of your past clients just one question, said, would you please just answer this one question? What's the one word you would describe in working with me and buying that house, right? Selling that house. And that one word, then put it into a word cloud app. That would be very cool. And you would get, it, instead of like, hey, we helped 37 families buy yeah, and sell real estate, which you should do, here are the words. Yes. And, and of course, with the word cloud, yes. the bigger the word, the or, more often it was used. Yeah. This is the experience yeah. we provided yeah. for our exceptional, yeah. you know, yeah, that's right. trustworthy, whatever it may and be. And why? I think that's very good. There's another spin on this that I just thought of. We were entrusted with 500 million dollars or whatever it is yeah five million dollars worth of the most of the most significant investments these families will make in their life yeah 
Yeah. They trusted us with the security uh-huh. and the certainty of yeah. the biggest investment yeah. they're going to make. And you have to be able to, there's a lot more dimensionality. And you could also do how many families break down the children's yeah. single people, yeah. this many divorces, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, could yeah, say yeah, yeah. We, we had $22 million in sales and people that bought their first home. Yeah. Right. Starting the journey of, you know, That's whatever fabulous. it may be. All We've right. transformed all these lives. Yeah. Or as you said, you can say this year, we have been able to uh, to uh, to help eight thousand children have a happier, more successful future. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's lots of dimensionality, but you just yeah. asked me that. That's yeah, yeah. one. That's just one gradient. So so let's go to the third one, which is if I want to create relevancy, yes. right? And, and what that like you're connecting with the client, right? Connecting with this potential customer, this client. Yeah. We talked about creating content that answers their questions, their concerns, and their worries. Creating content that answers questions that, the, that these clients have. Because most people think content's a bunch of crap you put on your website. Yes. Yeah. And it's not. Or a video on YouTube yeah. or yeah, an Instagram but, but, post. But first thing about relevancy is you can't be relevant. It, one size doesn't fit all. So if you're asking me some ways, and this is Rorschach, I haven't thought about this yet. I break the different scenarios that I encounter and maybe have different scenarios that you address so it's not general. Yeah. Because yes. you, you can say, if you're doing this to move because you're moving up, if you're doing this because you're downsizing, if you're doing this because yes. of a life change, Context if you're specific. doing this as an investment yeah. for your children, if you're doing this, because there's different reasons. Yes. Your relevancy is predicated on their objective yes. and it's dynamic. Yes. And if you're, I mean, I'll give you a great lateral uh, issue. Years and years ago, I was mastering the, the the strategy and marketing for a very large gold bullion company. They sold to investors. And their market were conservative, hard money oriented. These are people who believe in very, uh, you know, very, uh, uh, you know, liberal constitutional things. And a PR company called me and said, we can get you coverage in Wall Street Journal and all these things. But had they seen and studied us, we wanted the investment newsletters. We would have been happier with littler ones that had more connection with our market. You have to start where and and within the realm of what is going on with the prospect, not what you're all about. Yes. You're all yes. about what's important to them, yeah. not what's important to you. So some of my if best clients watching this right now, how many times have we done this exercise? Let's list out every one of the problems in buying a house. Yeah. From, like the timeline of the transaction, right? From finding the property to negotiating the deal to opening up the escrow or dealing with the attorneys and then the myriad of problems and pain points that they experience. Y- you could create an endless amount of content just on all the different pain points Steps to avoid, mistakes to avoid, things to learn, be cautious of, right? The worries that they don't even know they have, which is another one of the ways you've always shared me to create more relevancy. I I mean, it's it's really being willing to explain, you know, the dark side that other people won't and not scare them, but just provide them with assurance you're going to be the bridge over troubled waters. And number two, you made a really interesting point. And I'll give you another because part of preeminence pardon me, is hopefulness and the ability to envision them in the future with this new life. Yeah. And I think the, course, the corollary 
to all the pain points is listing all the great points that will accrue to them and being able to express my wish for you. That's part of it. My wish for you is to see these five children, Sam and Judy and Mm -hmm. Johnny and Sarah, you know, in this great school that's got, you know, the highest ranking teachers and the most number of people that are getting scholarships and, and that has, you know, all these quality uh, professionals and had the lowest divorce rate. My, my goal is to see you in this environment, which is appreciating at two times the uh, level of everything else so that at some time in the future, when it becomes appropriate to, you know, to downsize or move, that house is worth more than any other. My, my, my wish for you is that this will be the safest, most, uh, most uh, satisfying, and uh, and meaningful investment you will ever make. Things like that. I love that. So I think of like uh, Simon Sinek, we both know, or Sinek, yes. like who's the whole "I believe." Yes. Right? Like you need to have that "I believe." I believe yes. that you know the consumer deserves a better quality real estate right, professional. Right, 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 I believe right, that. Right. right. So the, I like that. My wish for you. Mm-hmm. All right. So being and my, that's part of it. Yeah. It's hopefulness. A real and it's. Not one filament of this can be faked. No. You have to believe it in your and You have to see that you are building, uh, oh, excuse me, the key to this, I, I forgot the big key. Most people in any profession, they fall in love with the profession. The key to being permanent. Or, the, yeah. or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or they fall in love with. Their, their product, right? Yeah, the product, uh, or they fall in love with making money. The key to being preeminent is you fall in love with the clients you serve and you really appreciate them. You don't you don't look at what irritates you about them because human beings are human. Do you think you're perfect in another scenario? Do you think when you're the buyer, you're that easy? The truth of the matter is when you fall in love with human beings with all their flaws and you're committed to their betterment and their protection and their well-being, you have elevated yourself beyond 99% of the contemporaries you're even dealing with. And when you have the empathy yes. to deal with a difficult client, yeah. the empathy, like think about how many times you've met with someone and you've walked out and said, oh, not for me, yeah. right? Instead of saying, wait a minute, if I put myself in their shoes. Yeah, why are they that way? Finding a real estate agent sometimes is like walking down the grocery store aisle of a bag of potato chips, right? Yeah, that's a great Which one do yeah. I pick, that's right? I mean, analogy. this one's yellow, this one's blue, this that's one's black, this analogy. one's red, this is right. Like, how do you select? And then everyone says to them, I'm number one, right? So, every, you know, so it's, yeah, it's number one, does that mean? lost in a sea of sameness. So having empathy for the yeah. person that is struggling oh, to make I a decision I mean, I love, or tough on yeah. you, right? But think about it. Why are they that way? Are they scared? Are they apprehensive? Have they been burned? I mean, what I like to do, I love being thrown into the most acrimonious, complex, uh, Gordian knot situations. If you start by saying, my job is to serve this person in a way where they redeem their faith in someone. And by the way, every human being is silently begging to be led. However, there's a corollary. They want to be led by somebody they genuinely feel has their best interest at heart. Right. And most people don't. Number two, we're all scared little kids trying to fake it. Yeah. Number 
three, and this is very important, you know, we basically want to be happy. We don't want to be nasty. And what I try to do is say, when somebody's that way, you know, I may feel the same if I were in your situation, particularly if, and I'd find out why. I mean, I, I have no problem not confronting, but embracing a situation. If somebody's really callous, I, I wouldn't say, okay, okay, and try to work with it. I would say, you're obviously very uh, bitter about something. I'm committed to get you the best outcome, but I would like to know, did you get burned? You know, uh, have you <clears throat> Radical been, candor, right? Yeah. Radical and candor, say, radical truth. And say, I, I'm here to help collaborate with you and not, and we have to do this together. And if you're feeling a sense of distrust or apprehension or caring for it, I get it. Mm -hmm. But let's figure out what I have to do to prove that you don't need, you can lower that with me because I'm never going to take advantage. I'm never going to tell you to do something that isn't in your best interest. I'm not going to try to do something for the commission. I'm not in any hurry. All I ask from you is enough trust and loyalty that if I'm going to do everything in my power for your best interest, you just align with me and I don't have to worry about you going to three other people concurrent. Mm -hmm. And you said, you set the criteria. Yeah. Yeah, it's so powerful. So we, you could probably imagine we could do this for about seven hours, and we are going to do a couple of these things. We are going up. To. So you're going to see Jay participating with me at other events. Um, but as we wrap up, like just saying to people, if there was just two things you would ask them to do coming out of this, the the intent is we want them to have more trust. We want we want a consumer to see this agent Jillian and say, I did enough research. I trust her. She's relevant. Right. I respect her. I choose her before they even meet you. Yeah. So they're just two simple actions you would ask them to take. Well, first of all, is try to be able to communicate that you understand who they are, why they are, and what it is they really want, even though it might have to be uh, broken into different scenarios. And show them, not tell them, show them. Because telling is... It's superficial. Show them through either dimension, exp uh, you know, uh, examples, Analogies, metaphors. metaphors. By the way, metaphors case, are case great. Studies, yeah, right? you might, yeah. By one last thing, metaphors, similes, analogies are the easiest way that the brain can correlate, and the fastest and most powerful way for you to establish your superiority, your prominence, and your preeminence. Not saying all the things you do, but saying what we've, what we've been told we are is we are the this to real estate, or we are the Stephen Jobs of it, or we are the this, and the, it immediately is still- Uber of, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but whatever, you had to find yeah. the right scenarios, but then they'll forever see you in that way. So the first one is know the customer, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you just a, a variation of that. Do you have an avatar for Betty the buyer and Susie the seller? Right, and yeah. then who are they? What are their concerns? What are their worries? What are they all about? And then you speak to them and all of your marketing, your content, your listing presentation, everything is about Betty the buyer as this sort of mystical individual yeah. that buys a house from you, right? What are her concerns? What are her worries? So, so I love that kind of avataring you And know, I got connection. one more for you that's interesting. Okay. Well, what's the, well, what's the second thing? 
Well, the second thing. One is know your customer. Yeah, and the other is be able to demonstrate to them in ways that really are dimensional why, that, and how you alone can serve them in ways no one else. But I just had a great idea. What if instead of being put off by people who were difficult always for a reason, you said we specialize in difficult people who are, you know, who are ap- I mean, that would be Do you hilarious. demand the best? Are you, you know, are you, it's, it's almost like a raise yeah, the bar. Yeah. Are you difficult? It's yeah. okay. We, you yeah. know, we appreciate that. Yeah. You're difficult because you don't want to make a bad decision. We're dominant and difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying you can have <laughs> yeah. multiple specialties or yes. multiple yes. Uh, uh, USPs. But yeah. anyhow, I, I, I I, there's a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that help? Always. Thank My you. My friend, so listen, a lot to digest. You'll probably want to have a, a dictionary next to you so you can say, what does he mean by that? Um, but Jay, you've had such an insane impact on my life, my career, both in my former business, in this business, and all the businesses I get to touch. So as always, thank you. Thank well, you just for being here. I have to reciprocate. I'm grateful always for the privilege of contributing even greater uh, contribution to somebody who's doing something preeminent, and I think you are. So hopefully this helps people realign their thinking, not about what's possible, but about the fact that, I mean, I'd like to, preeminent people see the world as a 3D movie and they alone have the only pair of glasses. Yeah. It's pretty fun. So I hope, like myself, your, uh, your vocabulary was expanded just hanging out and listening to Jay Abraham. I would really encourage you to, to Google him, to look at his body of work, to check out his website, specifically his Fifty Shades. Uh, that is a plethora of content if you're looking to market yourself and to really stand out amongst the competition in the marketplace. Can't say enough about this guy. He's a personal coach and a mentor, and I really hope you got a tremendous amount of value. So before I let you go, a couple last things. So my producer, Rich, asked me to do a little teaser on next week's show, which was with David Goggins. And my only response is, if you don't know who David Goggins is, you've probably been living under a rock the last three to five years. Uh, But hey, here's a little clip. Enjoy. I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like it. So my mind starts to get weak. And we start to forget about how badass we are. When it's suffering, when it's in pain, all it wants to do is find the easy way out, which is usually quit. If you quit, the pain goes away immediately. You gotta give yourself enough energy and fuel in your mind to stay just a little bit longer so you can talk yourself into staying for the whole thing. And this is how it works. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again, and talk to you soon.